Hello, hello, hello everyone and a warm, warm welcome to another episode of the What's Going On podcast. We're back again in the Stockholm heat recording another episode, Chua. How are you doing, my main man? You said it, heat. I'm happy we finally have some heat. Yeah, man. <laughs> we're not like, we're not used to it, you know? Uh, not at all, but you know, it's been a chilly summer as well so far. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure, for well, sure. The spr- spring hasn't been that warm. We almost skipped spring. Yeah, oh, we yeah. Went from winter to summer. Yeah, it was like winter until April. And yeah, then all of a sudden, yeah. it, summer came and then yeah. summer got away. Yeah, man. And then the winter came back and now it feels like it's actually going to be a nice summer. Yeah, it does. Rumors say it's going to be a hot, hot one too yeah. in, the, in the whole world, basically. Feels like it's like that every year, though, you know. Global warming, there's always, yeah, some, yeah, there's always yeah. some heat wave in, in the US, always. Europe as well gets one or two. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. For I sure. Think the UK has one now. Yeah, you can always find something uh, something terrible and something good, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. Long term is bad for us, but when you have hot weather, you're still like, ah, fuck, this is good. Um, I'm, I'm a short term person in that way, yeah. in that sense, then. <laughs> and that's why global warming isn't tackled the way it should be. Yeah, exactly. We, you know, we all think exactly. short term. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Damn, big start. Like a <laughs> philosophic start to the podcast. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> maybe this should be an, an environmental podcast. Yeah, maybe. But it's not, uh, at least not at the moment. We're, we're still a football podcast talking about what's, what's going on in the football world. We basically just want to start off with like discussing the end of this never ending football season right yeah it's been insanely long yeah we actually discussed it like we were on a run before this uh, before we started recording and um it was actually it feels like crazy to even think that like tuchel was the chelsea coach when this season. when this season started and you know you the, you the, handshake, the handshake yeah the handshake like, thing the handshake uh, thing with him and Conte, you know, actually it feels like it was a long time ago since Conte was the coach of uh, of Tottenham Hotspurs. And that was only three months ago or something. Yeah, and you know, Ronaldo still playing for United. Yeah, the that whole, was half a year ago. That the whole December. situation ship. It feels like Ronaldo was at United in like, I don't know, a year and a half ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If it's cra- if it, if it's the, crazy. The interview with Piers Morgan and so on. Yeah. You know, Queen Queen Elizabeth died. Yeah, that feels ages ago as yeah, well. Yeah, exactly. In, in the beginning, Yeah, in the beginning of the PL season. So it's just like... Actually, it's been like a super long season too. It's yeah. been like over 11 months, right? Yeah, literally. I mean, like the EFL that started July 29th. That's all the leagues above. Uh, uh, below uh, the below Premier, League. Premier League, right? Yeah. League and 1, League 2. Exactly. Premier League started early August, Serie A mid, mid-August. Champions yeah. League started its earliest ever date, September 6th. Yeah. Um, and then it was, you know, the final in June yeah yeah this this saturday yeah and even and then of course the whole campaign was of course extended due to the world cup and also the world cup feels like such a long time ago yeah that doesn't feel like it was this season honestly no 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 it's crazy actually yeah and then there was i mean mad city if you look at their season i was reading an article earlier and their season actually started on july 11th and ended on june 10th you know that's 11 11 long months yeah that's crazy that's crazy and now, after that long season, the players go on an international break. Yeah, feels like crazy. You know, with, uh, we discussed earlier here, like Jack Grealish, you know, celebrations after. We, we, we're going to get into that, but like at, after the whole like Champions League final, yeah. um, you know, Jack Grealish celebrations. It feels like crazy that he actually will be like called up for England and uh, train with the squad. Yeah. Like, this morning like tomorrow yeah tomorrow or this morning or something i was really getting slept in like four days nah celebrating exactly. the trouble one yeah yeah you gotta love the man uh, celebrating like that. <laughs> I, I can understand it after 11 month long season you you, you have to celebrate uh, in that way actually no i'm question. i'm 100 on his side in this um uh, it deserves it. this matter yeah yeah for sure and, and say that they also have like european super cup and also club world cup yeah next season yeah i mean it's just exactly. gonna be another long season in the middle of the season as well there's like the african cup of nations there's the oh, asian true. cup 
at the end of next season, there's the Euro and there's the Copa America. Yeah. You know, it's just so much, so much yeah. football. Both of us, we love football. That's why we do this podcast. And it's also like why we love to watch football yeah. all the time. But sometimes it can be like, you know, actually too much. For us, it's a cool thing. You know, there's always some football on, always something that you can discuss, always something that you can like think about and like uh, take further and stuff. Mm. But, you know, you've seen like quite a few managers, players, you know, complaining about the whole schedule, how tight it is. Nothing will be done since, you know, the clubs, the national associations, federations, and also like the leagues, they want to sell more. So, So they just want more amount of games that's the thing there's so much demand for it yeah you know, fans love football yeah and you can also see that you know with the whole conference league thing that everyone was like you know a bit skeptical towards in the beginning yeah um but you see there's been a huge success yeah, for it's these. Been a big success for yeah them. yeah for these like the, the clubs are not that big that never get like into champions league sometimes you know in the europa league but they won't go far with this like conference league tournament there would be a chance to actually win a european title like west ham did yeah, exactly. Um, like West Ham hadn't won something in like I don't know sixty years. Yeah, amazing celebrations last year. Roma. Yeah, exactly. Amazing celebrations as well. They hadn't won anything for ages either. Yeah, I mean, so like that has actually been a good thing. Something that is actually pretty annoying is the fact that they make every competition bigger. The next World Cup is going. Was even the Euros now? But you know, there's a lot more teams in it. The Champions yeah. League is going to be more teams <clears throat> in a couple seasons. Yeah. Um, I mean, just every competition is bigger, more games, and I know it's just too much for the players. Yeah. It's because of the revenues, right? Yeah. That's why they do it. But but it's also like a fair thing, you know, that like all these clubs that go into Champions League instead will be a cool thing for them. Their, their fans won't complain. But, you know, the players, they will be there was such a high demand on these players. They have to be like so fit. They have to go through all these long seasons. You can see also how many injuries. <clears throat> I mean, as fans, of course, we've had a long season, 11 months of football. But I don't know. And even even now in the off season, football just consumes us. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. We consume it, and it consumes us. Right? Yeah. If, yeah, if we're not sure. watching it, maybe we're playing it. Maybe we're playing it on video games. We're we're reading transfer news on our phones on Twitter. We're betting on I don't know under under four, under seventeen games in Korea. You know, <laughs> like people do all sorts. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. You know, we we sitting we sitting here. You know, creating a podcast. Yeah, exactly. Talk about basically when football is over this season, we'll be still we still have so much to talk about. Um, and also, like, we listen to all these podcasts, you know, talking about transfer rumors and st- stuff like that. I don't play fantasy football, but I know, like, every every Sunday or Friday when we meet up, there's always, like, you being stressed about, like, uh, who should I captain in my team? Who exactly. should I? <laughs> if I captain this guy, you know, all these guys have him in their team, so they will, I won't stand out if I do that. Yeah, right. Every Friday or Saturday, there's so many fantasy managers stressing yeah, about, yeah, you know, yeah, for sure. transfer this guy in, like, it just consumes us so much. And arguing on Twitter. Yeah, exactly. With, like, these, random uh, people, just because you have, like, so many opinions that you want to share with people, and then also that you want to, like, discuss with people that think the same as you and also mm. discuss with people who don't think, don't have the same opinion as you. So, so as you said, you said it really good there. We consume it and it consumes us. Yeah, man, it really does. It, for sh- it surely, yeah, we surely love it. does. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How many hours a day you spend just like kind of either thinking about football? Or yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, I told my girlfriend a few days ago, she was really pissed um, <laughs> when I told her that she, because we were discussing like, what, what do you think about the first thing you think of in the morning mm. and the last thing that you think of before you fall asleep? And she, she was asking me if, if, if it was football. And I was like, it actually is. <laughs> and sometimes often when I, when I tried to sleep and I said, you know, good night to my missus. Um, I, of, often, <laughs> <laughs> I, I often think about like, 
you know, transfer rooms about AIK. I actually think about football before I go to sleep because that's like my last like thoughts yeah. before actually falling asleep, <laughs> which is terrifying, but it's also a lifestyle, you know. Yeah. So we, we, we live this lifestyle. Yeah, we do. We do. <laughs> and um, that's why, why we all also love to watch Champions League. Uh, best competition in the world. Yeah, best competition in the world. Um, but not uh, historically the best game in the world. Pretty often a pretty boring game. Yeah, and four CL finals now in a row ended 1-0. Yeah, pretty poor games. Yeah, exactly. None of the teams have played as well as they usually nah. play. But it's also like, you know, there's so much on the line, you know. And also in, in the whole tournament, you will have at least, you, you can fuck up for one game, you know. Yeah. Because then you can change it the next game. Yeah, so um, But with this final, it's everything on the line. Finals are typically boring. Like the only good final I remember recently is the World Cup final. And that was actually one of the most amazing games ever. Yeah. But other than that, even I think the last couple of World Cup finals before that, I think they were mostly nil-nil. Yeah, yeah went exactly. To, and went to extra went, time, someone won in extra time. Yeah. One nil or, or penalties. Yeah, or penalties, exactly. You know so, so it's pretty rare we get such, and even this one was penalties as well. Yeah. But of course, it was an amazing game. But City, as we said earlier, City actually won, won the title. They actually won the treble with yeah. this title. So we, we have to say congrats to Manchester City, even though you're a Manchester United fan. Um, we have to see a big congress to uh, to Manchester City. Yeah, they've been amazing this season, honestly. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah, they've deserved it. I think I think actually that Pep Guardiola is not a goat on the managerial side. I think it's between him and Stratex Ferguson. Yeah, it must be, must yeah. be. Let's see, let's see what uh, Pep yeah. will do. That's the thing. Pep still has probably at least fifteen, yeah. twenty years to go. Yeah, Depending exactly. On when he wants to retire, how old is he? Like early fifties? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think he's born like in the seventies, uh, early seventies. I think. Yeah. Um, but um, Manchester City won with one 0 and as yeah. you said, they didn't play as well as they used to, and they were they were actually like quite lucky. Yeah. Or I'd do you agree here? I'd say they had a bit. They had like the type of luck they've missed out on on the past. I still think they were the better team, but when it comes to kind of the chances, it felt like Inter had, you know, they had some chances they sh- arguably should have scored. Yeah, you know, Demarco header hit the bar. Yeah, rebound hit Lukaku. Do you remember Lukaku blocked? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, his teammate shot. I, I saw someone said that uh, Lukaku was City's best defender <laughs> in this in this uh, game. Yeah, and then Lukaku, of course, had the chance he had at Ederson. Yeah, that Ederson basically hit Ederson. Yeah, exactly. I think that was it in was, the 88th minute or something. Yeah, it wasn't even a save. It was nah. just like he, he was not, not lucky, yeah. but his like, leg were there yeah. and um, the ball didn't go in. Exactly. And any side of the keeper, he probably scores because he's so close. Yeah. Know, so he should have scored that. Latauro also, you know, he, he didn't take advantage when uh, from Akanji's mistake either. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Maybe he should have passed the ball there. Yeah, exactly. The he felt, of the felt like he wanted to be the hero there. Yeah. Square himself. Yeah, for um, sure. Yeah, someone I think, we've talked about him a little bit before, but, you yeah. know, just one just has to mention again, you know, John Stones. This guy keeps, like, rebranding himself. Yeah, and it's insane. Showing, like, new, new sides of himself yeah. as a player. That's crazy. I mean, and normally this season, or the last couple months of the season, he's been playing next to Rodri. Yeah. But as a number six, yeah, as, yeah, exactly, like kind of a double pivot, almost. yeah. And then, of course, when defending, he's gone back to his yeah, ver- versatile number six, yeah, versatile number six. But yeah. the, on Saturday, he was like an eight, yeah, he was part of like a midfield diamond, yeah. Rodri at the base, um, yeah. John Stones on the right, KDB on the left until he got subbed off, and then Gundo kind of on the, on the front of that, yeah, di- midfield diamond, almost like a number 10, yeah, forward. exactly. But but I, I can also understand it because he's so good when it comes to f- the his physicalities. Um, he's, so fit. he's super fast and also yeah. he's really good with the ball he's always been really good with the ball yeah he is but tactically during this game I mean because of you know having stones there City in midfield there was always a four against three 
Yeah. And the rest of Inter's midfielders, the three, they were kind of man-marking to some extent, a bit loosely, but they were man-marking the other midfielders. But Amis Stones was always free. And then you had Bastoni always coming up from defense to, you know, to close down Stones. Yeah. Right? And that kind of opened up a couple of gaps and so on behind. Yeah. And that is, that is often what we see in like modern football today, that um, if, you have, if you have more players cent- centrally on the field, you, you often win the games. Because yeah. then, as you say, you will get like gaps on the other on the other parts of the field. If a team is good enough to to um, take advantage of that, then you will be the winner. I mm. think, as you said, I I think uh, City did this really well. Mm. It was like really smart because like uh, out of these players that we mentioned here with Rodri, uh, KDB, um, and Gundo, I understand why you, why you mark all of these players rather than. Stones. Yeah, it's the right thing to do. Honestly. Yeah, like, for sure. Even for though sure. Stones has been great, he still doesn't have that creative element. Nah, for sure. Do, do for sure. For sure. If, like if you have to, if you have to get rid of one, yeah. it's of course Stones. Yeah. But this was a tactical mastermind from Pep, in yeah. my opinion, to do this. Yeah, and I think part of the reason he's probably done it this season is because City, you know, because of Holland, they, they've kind of lacked almost that extra midfielder because before they played with a false nine or someone who's very part of the play. Yeah, it's always been part of like Guardiola's way yeah, of playing. Exactly. Having the striker to be very, you know, combining a lot with yeah. midfielders and so on. But now they don't have that. I think you probably realize you need an extra man in midfield. Right? Yeah. So push up stones. And then um, then they have, you know, the same amount of players he's used to having in yeah. those positions. Yeah. Right? And, and Holland's also improved in, you know, being more involved in the play as well. You know, yeah. So he drops down a little bit more and so on. But it's often like actually, I'm I'm gonna go with an example here. Um, Slatan Ibrahimovic, who mm-hmm. just we we actually haven't mentioned that, but he he retired. Yeah, true. He retired this weekend. Uh, uh, that what was, a career! Yeah, what a career! We have to to have a tribute episode actually uh, to Slatan. I think yeah. we should do it this summer. We can do that. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to think which other players have retired this summer because every year it feels like there's a, quite a quite a few stars that retire. But this summer, no, bi- no big names rather him, than right? Slatan. Yeah, I'm thinking we could do one with you know just discussing the, in general the players that retired this summer. Yeah. But it seems like it's only him so far off the top of my yeah. head. We, yeah. we could be wrong. Yeah, but um, I just came up with uh, when we discussed this. I think it's really interesting. You know, with I, I always think it's like that with strikers. You know, when they're quite young, because Holland is still like super young, yeah. even though he's been performing so well for so many seasons. But I remember when when Slatan he left uh, Ajax mm. and he went to uh, Juventus, and it was Fabio Capello who was the coach there. There, and he saw the abilities of Slatan that he he could dribble, of course. And Slatan and Holland they're not the same type of players, but it's often like as a young striker you're often very hungry and since you since you're hungry to score goals you're also hungry to do everything yeah so i think this is kind of in the same way as guardio uh, capello did with slatan what pep does with uh, holland that he tries to like make him understand like how he can be um as dangerous as possible because uh, capello sold slatan to to stop dribble and focus more on like scoring his goals and making assists and maybe this is like Guardiola's way of like um, making Holland understand how he could be the best version of himself mm. in this team. For sure. Because maybe maybe he played in in another way when he played for Dortmund. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, they, they don't dominate play the same way, so he yeah. has to adapt the style. A bit. Exactly, exactly. And I think that was they, they were struggling a bit because you know we did an episode when we were like discussing, and I think the whole world was discussing that okay, Holland is scoring so many goals, but uh, is he actually like the right fit, the right striker yeah. for Manchester City? Or City actually better? And statistically, they weren't at that point. Yeah, when we did that episode in March, I think. Yeah, exactly. Um, since March. Pep has tweaked it, and now he's uh, 
he's cracked the code yeah yeah it's a bit off topic but i think still think it's interesting to see like this top top managers making these young strikers understand how to how to get out the best version of themselves yeah for sure and we've seen like cola now kind of dropping down a little bit more yeah i mean like coming down dropping deep laying it off and then turning sprinting yeah and then kind of doing a give and go yeah but not the typical give and go right and then kind of going in behind and then the defenders already so committed from chasing him up they can reverse as quick uh, as quick as him, and then he's yeah, you know there's a there's a massive hole, gaping hole behind the defender. Now when you're talking, it feels like you you're in a football studio, and you should have like yeah, you sure. know this uh, <laughs> thing here where you, where you show us what happens. Yeah, man, well, yeah. Um, it's really interesting also like to see how he's constantly trying to get in behind. Yeah. Um, but still he's like he's never going offside. I think you you said something that it was like he was only offside eight times this season, and it's like the forty forty four. Um, 44th in the league yeah. in that fixture which is like crazy because the striker that scored that many goals to only be offside like 8 times that shows how, how good you are with your timing pretty crazy to only be offside 8 times yeah it's crazy when you think about how many times you know KDB is running with the ball Holland's making a run yeah and they actually go through some like most of the time yeah it looks like so easy also some strikers you see they're offside like I don't know four times a game and so on it feels like yeah you know I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. So I remember Isagi uh, Inzaghi was offside a lot I think yeah. Giroud was offside quite a bit as well yeah uh, all these Milan strikers <laughs> <laughs> but I mean one thing I think that's been interesting to see this season with City is because before Pep often he played with he often brought midfielders into defense yeah right? he brought like you know Mascherano at Barcelona or uh, Fernandinho at City and so on Javi Martinez yeah. and uh, Bayern Munich yeah exactly and now he's almost done first of all he's done the opposite with bringing midfield no defenders into midfield but he's also just focused on having proper defenders, having four center backs. Right? Yeah. Before he didn't really like center backs, it felt like. No. Nah. Now he loves them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Before he'd rather have a midfielder playing there than an actual center back. Yeah. And that will, of course, affect your offensive play, but it yeah. will hurt your defensive play. Yeah. That's the thing. And yeah. now there's so much tighter. And I think I was reading a quote from him. He said, I think we defend a little bit better in the box. Four central defenders, proper defenders. Yeah. And he said, even now we enjoy defending. Yeah. And it yeah. looks like they do. And before they didn't. No, exactly. Like, they get pleasure in defending. Yeah, and that that is also like, I think it's so impressive to see like Pep Guardiola still develop develop as a coach, mm. even though he, you know he won all these titles. He's getting older, you know, but he still feels like so hungry to learn and also so humble um, towards the sport. For sure, and it feels like almost every year he's trying to do something new. Yeah, he also has some new like tactical um, variant deviation up his sleeve. And I think all coaches have to do that except for like maybe Carlo Ancelotti because he he does what he always did and uh, and it seems to work out yeah. uh, but otherwise than that I like think Ancelotti just kind of lets the players do their thing yeah uh, yeah it feels like that and that is maybe why they, they love to play under him so much yeah. um, he doesn't seem so strict tactically no 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 he must be an amazing man manager yeah for sure and it's also like crazy when we talk about defending like that City only conceded three goals in the seven knockout games <laughs> That's actually mad. Yeah. You know, with this team, you know, Pep Guardiola, he's won quite a lot. But, like, this team, they weren't, like, that experienced when it comes to, like, winning Champions League titles. Some of their players have been, like, you know, not a, such a strict path. Mm. Um, we discussed earlier, like, for example, Edison, uh, that he, like, he con actually considered to give up football um, when he struggled to find a club at 15. Yeah. You know, his goalkeeping style has always been a discussion, like... Uh, you know, he's taking a lot of risks, you know, all the things he does with his feet. Yeah, for sure. And so on. So, like, and, you know, John Stones, as we talked about, mm. he was he was kind of like a joke. 
also a few years ago that people were like you know booing him and you know saying that he was he was not that that good when city signed him yeah for sure. know, he got a lot of hate yeah he, he he was struggling a bit when he was at Barnsley, mm. and uh, I think that some of the st- staff back then would never think that this guy would win the Champions yeah, yeah, yeah. League. Apparently, he was held back a year as well. Yeah, in the academy. Yeah, like he didn't go to the next level when he was expected to because he hadn't developed enough. Yeah, that is also yeah. crazy. And you know, I remember Nathanake. He's the same age as me and you, mm. and uh, you know, he he was this crazy crazy big star on like FIFA. You you always bought him, and then you loaned him out, and then he became like such a big. Um, then he became a great defender. Yeah. You know, when he left Chelsea on loan several times, you know, went through this whole loan carousel mm. in Chelsea. It feels like no one gets out of it and comes to big clubs. Yeah. And then he got like relegated with Bournemouth, but then he, he fired himself back mm. and on, up to the top, came to City, was not a first option. And then this season he's been tremendous. I don't think many people expected he'd be starting at City this nah. year. Nah. So he hasn't had like a straightforward path yeah. at all. And I remember also like Gundogan, there were some rumors with him that like Pep Guardiola didn't fancy like, you know, his lifestyle. You know, you can see like that he off season had like a stomach, mm. like a real one. He looked like fat for real, yeah, yeah. Um, that he was not, not serious at all. Yeah, I remember that actually. Uh, yeah. He looked quite overweight. Yeah, like, yeah. Maybe three, four seasons ago. Yeah. He came back from preseason. Yeah, it felt like he like had a stomach, you know, and, and you know, all these like injuries he had, both like back and knee injuries. They had a lot of those. Yeah, so you never felt like maybe that he would go all the way. You know, I, fe- I felt like, okay, this player, he would be like Nui Sahin. Yeah, I felt a bit like that, you know, star at Dortmund, gets yeah. a big move to a big club. Yeah. And I felt like there wasn't that much, like, hype about him his first couple of seasons at City. It nah. feels like it's more been the last couple of seasons, especially yeah. the last two, like, the way he's really gotten his flowers. Yeah. You know, people, re- and especially once it comes to May, like, Gunnagan in May is, like, the best player in the world. Yeah. You know I mean? like, yeah. He well, scores, like, two goals a game. Ah, uh, he's like, crazy. Yeah, that guy turns it on when it matters. Yeah, for sure. Proper captain. For sure. For sure. And also like Haaland, you know, we discussed that he he's quite young. So this whole like uh, trip of him becoming a really big star, of course, gone by quite fast. But he also like had to go through quite a few steps, you know, Brynä where he started and Molde and Red Bull Salzburg before actually coming to Dortmund. Wasn't any big club as a youngster at all. No, nah, exactly. Small Norwegian clubs. And then also, you know, a club in Austria. Yeah, exactly. Not that big. You know, there's so many good players that comes to Red Bull Salzburg and then they end up in Red Bull Leipzig and then they go to a, a, a worse uh, Bundesliga team. That's and, the they, and they stay there. So it's like also like his his journey hasn't been like a straight path. Yeah, it hasn't for a lot of City players. Yeah. And I think we're repeating ourselves a little bit here, but I think just like so uh, fascinating. Like KD, KDB. Yeah, you know? exactly. You no, know, he'd been rejected at Chelsea. Rejected you know, at Chelsea. M- Mourinho didn't like him or didn't think he had the potential. Gone to uh, smaller Bundesliga clubs. Yeah, so, so then Bremen he, and Wolfsburg. Yeah, and, and so he on. found himself there. You know, and we talked about Grealish. Yeah. You know, I remember because he's born in 95, so I remember that he was like one of the biggest uh, high player. That he had a, quite a big hype around him, but you know, you can see him in Ibiza when he was like the first summer when he came up in the in the first squad in Aston Villa. You can see him, you know, laying um, like super drunk on the ground. It felt like okay, this is a party guy. You know, he rev- never reached the top, mm. and then he did well in Aston Villa. Came to City. It was a bit of criticism because they paid too much. Yeah. And then for him to win this title, so I, I can also understand like why he was so happy. You know, it actually like. Um, winning a big title like this, I, do, I don't think he he could ever dream of it. Maybe he dreamed of it that when he was a child, but if you would have asked him like five or six years ago, I would I, I think he would have said no, never. I don't think I'm, I'm gonna win the 
the Champions League. That no, would be probably not. Nah, that that would be like, that wasn't his trajectory. Nah, exactly, okay. exactly. So I think it's like it's also if, even though we have all of this, we we discussed it previously with like uh, City. Maybe this Champions League title uh, they get ripped off them. Probably not uh, Champions League because UEFA have cleared them. Oh yeah, true. Uh, but true. it's more the Premier League stuff. Yeah, the Premier League, but that thing apart i think i still think it's like an interesting group that actually won the champions league um final here and the champions league title because it's like a group that is not like normally in a champions league squad mm. in my opinion i yeah, I, I don't sure. see it in that way there's so many players that i feel like um revenged themselves in this team which is uh, which is a beautiful story yeah. Um, so yeah, I just have to say that I'm super happy yeah. with City actually I'm, winning. The I'm not happy about it, but it is impressive. Yeah, <laughs> it, it it is impressive, and it's also like I actually I I wanted Pep Guardiola to win it because otherwise maybe he would be frustrated leaving the club. Then ev- everyone would have said, okay, but he never won the Champions League. Would yeah, he Manchester needed it for State. his legacy? Yeah, exactly. Especially he, considering he didn't win it at Bayern either. Nah, leaving, exactly. So he he didn't want to retire having only won it with Lionel Messi. Yeah, I mean? like exactly. He, he had to win it again. Exactly. And now he's finally done that. Um, he had to think about his whole like repetition after like ending his career. Yeah, yeah. Sure. And yeah, talking about like repetition, uh, not only for Pep Guardiola. Um, there's a league that is uh, that we actually read on the about in the news every day now, and it's the Saudi Pro League. Um, yeah. Ever since the season stopped, actually, it, it started when Cristiano went there uh, in January. But like since the um, season ended. It's been crazy, you know, with both like Karim Benzema leaving Real Madrid and signing for Al Nasser. Ronaldo was Al Nasser. Benzema was Al Itihad. Al Itihad, true. Uh, and then Kante, he went to. I think Al Itihad as well. Al Itihad, yeah, the uh, same. The yellow and yeah, the and yellow, and yellow and black. Yellow black. Yeah, he yeah, went true. today actually. Kante. Yeah, yeah, true. Uh, and you know, you, you you read like so many rumors now that I we discussed it earlier. You know, Neymar. Gundogan, Hazard, after he left uh, Real Madrid, it's been Loris, Firmino, since yeah. he will leave Liverpool, Alba, Modric, and also um, Wilfred Zaha. Wilfred Zaha, and even Messi was heavily linked. Yeah, yeah, exactly, Inter. before before he went to, to Inter uh, Miami. We yeah, will... He had like three choices, you know, Inter Miami, Saudi, and Barca. Yeah, even though Barca was not maybe an option because of the financial part, but yeah. but it seems like, like somehow they always managed to. Uh, they're <laughs> Barcelona, so yeah. they always managed to to solve it in some way. Yeah. Um, but we just felt that it's been like so much, um, so many things um, being written about this league and the the whole project of Saudi Arabia uh, being serious about coming into world football. Mm. So our research guy Chua. Uh, did some research around this and this something called Vision 2030 and uh, I think you should take it off and um, discuss a little uh, or describe a little why Saudi Arabia is doing this and um, yeah, yeah what what we think will happen in in a few years time with yeah. the, the Saudi Pro League for sure yeah, basically there's a kind of a bigger there's a bigger picture here right like yeah. Saudi Arabia or Mohammed bin Salman the crown prince of Saudi Arabia He's on a, almost you can say one man journey or mission to transform the way Saudi Arabia is perceived by the global community, but also its own people, right? Yeah. Like they, because you know Saudi Arabia, it's infamous for its human rights abuses, the criminalization of homosexuality, restrictions on freedom of speech and women's rights, the murder, of course, of the famous journalist Jamal um, Khashoggi, and you know, in, in trying to combat their reputation and appeasing a you know a rapidly growing youthful population they're trying to kind of divert towards sports right? yeah. and also also because of you know, Saudi Arabia is so dependent on oil 
right? Fossil yeah. fuels, they also want to get away from that, right? Diversify the economy. Yeah, you know? which makes sense. It makes sense. You know, oil is finite. Um, the yeah. world is becoming greener in terms of renewable energy and so on. So, you know, they yeah, they want to um, diversify the economy, which which is the right thing to do. Um, for sure. And then sure. the reason for the sporting expansion, I mean, the Saudi Arabian government have said that it's to create investment opportunities, improve public health, and develop sporting infrastructure. Makes sense. Yeah. And it's also like, isn't it like that, that like in Saudi Arabia, football is huge, right? Yeah, so football is massive there. Yeah. Um, absolutely huge. Yeah. I think they have like so many also like Real Madrid supporters. So that is like... It feels like that, at least. Yeah, that, I think so, the, the, big, the two big Spanish clubs are... are yeah, they're, they're super big in, in that region. So yeah, it's also like huge. super smart of them to like to get like Ronaldo and Karim Benzema. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, sure. it and it now they've got two, the two guys, the two big players they've signed so far are, you know, two massive Muslim players as well. Benzema oh, yeah. oh yeah true true yeah yeah but th because that was the thing that for benzema he, he, yeah, he really, mentioned that he really like emphasized that that yeah. saudi arabia is, in, in, is a muslim country and that's why i want to experience to live yeah live exactly. in, in a country like that so that that is also huge yeah so i think that's also part of the reasons for you know kante and benzema as well and on the you know the vision you know 2030 saudi arabia apparently they want to host 25 world championships across numerous sports right like a bunch of different sports by 2030 and of course 25 world championships yeah. that's, that's so many right yeah yeah just want to host you know they want to host <laughs> olympics they want to host oh, yeah like the main one they want to host is the football world cup in 2030 yep. or 2034 yeah i think they're going to bid for probably both if they don't get 2030 which is the main goal they'll probably get 2034 in my yep. opinion yeah i'd be surprised if they don't get one of those they're really pushing on the sports side and it's not like i said it's not just about how saudi arabia is presented to the world but also how they present themselves to their own people they don't want gangs of youngsters, you know, 26-year-old men starting um, plotting on how to overthrow the government, right? Just because, just because of how life is different in Saudi Arabia. So they're basically telling them, you know, well, you know, if you want Ronaldo and Benzema, we'll get them for you, right? <laughs> so like, the, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. So the deal is basically you can have what you want, but don't question us. Yeah. Right? They want to like get attention away from them. Yeah, right? exactly. They don't want to be questioned. And I, but I was reading like, this year. There've been more arrests for people in Saudi Arabia for posting negative comments about the government than ever. Right? Yeah. So it seems like they're really clamping down on you know negative comments being questioned, but the but the flip side is okay. Yeah, just don't question us. Right. So they yeah. they're giving them things. Okay. They try. It's more, almost like a bribe. Yeah, to some extent. It's like bribing them with like, okay, we will make this um, this country fun for you guys if you don't question us. Yeah. Then we, you can have what you want. Basically, yeah. because they have so much money too, so they can like do that. They can they can like promise their people that yeah. basically, right? Pretty much. Yeah. Well, something interesting about the league, the Saudi Pro League, or, yeah. and in general the PIF, which is like the sovereign fund, is that last week um, they revamped the Saudi Pro League. So basically, um, the PIF, who also own eighty percent of Newcastle, yeah, that, that's Saudi Arabia's state. Yeah, exactly. Right. It's like the uh, sovereign wealth fund. So yeah, like you know, Norway have like the what they, people call the oil fund. And this is kind of Saudi Arabia's, you know, yeah. invest in different projects and kind of, yeah, almost like the country's portfolio. Yeah, right? true. In um, order to like grow, yeah, in order grow, to grow the, con the country's wealth. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and what happened now, or last week was now um, that fund or the PIF, now they also own the four biggest clubs in the country. Yeah. Um, Al-Itihad, Al-Hilal, Al-Ali, and Al-Nasser. Yeah. Out of those four, I think Al-Itihad, I haven't heard that much about them. Yeah, but it feels like actually. it feels like Al Hilal, Al Ali, and Al Asr. You heard quite much about like yeah. in the years. But Al Hitihad 
I haven't heard that much about, but that is that is a club that both Benzema and yeah, Kante sign for. That's okay, one. that's interesting. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But it's really, really like a special thing that like the 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 fund in the country owns the four biggest clubs. Yeah, in, it is really in the, interesting. In the league, they also partially own like four of the clubs in the in the league as well. Yeah, but apparently one of the clubs, like basically the fifth biggest club. They were pretty pissed that yeah, why doesn't the national like, sovereign wealth fund own us? Right? Yeah, yeah. Because now all these other clubs have a huge advantage. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but it must be hard to compete with these these clubs yeah. for sure. Yeah, ma- yeah. Imagine Premier League if you know, <laughs> yeah, United, City, Chelsea, and Arsenal were owned, then um, by yeah, it's a massive. You know, yeah, they could invest so much more yeah, money. Exactly. And then of course. Tottenham are going to be complaining. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> they they will have a hard time. Yeah, so I can understand so it's that. Huge disadvantage. Yeah, it was interesting because actually a day later that was announced, um, they pretty much did the same thing in golf. Oh yeah, true. Yeah, true. I read about it. So the PGA Tour, which you know, of course, the main golf competition, they merged with something called Live Golf. Yeah, the Live Tour. Yeah, the yeah. Live Tour, and now yeah, which is like a PIF funded kind of startup. Yeah, it's been it's been quite quite much um, criticism towards uh, Henrik Stenson. Uh, famous Swedish golfer that he actually participated in the live golf and everyone was saying like oh you shouldn't do that blah 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 and I also read now that they are actually like now they they are basically part of the P- PGA Tour yeah, exactly there was a lot of golfers who got like amazing contract offers I think a yeah. few months ago quite a few said no because yeah they didn't want to be associated with that yeah um, and a few said yes yeah and a few said yes yeah and, and now the ones that said no probably feel like oh fuck I could have got some amazing deal <laughs> yeah but now and but now they probably feel like PJ kind of I don't know almost the term yeah sold out almost you know yeah, I mean? yeah 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 uh, which is also like interesting to have a big brand like that PJ tour to merge with like a live tour which is like a startup, basically. Yeah. But they got so much money. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that PGA Tour saw here that, okay, <laughs> they have so much money. So so we can't miss out on this opportunity. That's the thing. <laughs> yeah. Damn. So you really see, you know, it's not just football they're going for. It's nah. golf and probably more sports as well. Yeah. And also, like, they, 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 they want to feel like they want to take over, not take over the world. That's big words. But it feels like they, they have a, a really, like, um, clear... Uh, way of doing this yeah. they, they seem to have a good plan yeah they have a plan um, yeah and basically the plan is that each of those big four teams yeah they're supposed to have like three or four you know kind of famous world famous players yeah in each of the teams because they also believe that okay if you know a young a saudi youngster training with ronaldo that's going to improve him a lot too for sure for and, sure and it is yeah and so they want those each of those clubs have like three or four big players and they yeah. also want the league to be top 10 in the world Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Top ten. Okay. So they they want to maybe like progress leagues like the Netherlands, yeah, Belgium. Probably be around that level. Yeah. 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 I'm guessing those are probably ranked around ten. Turkey. Yeah. Yeah. Because right now, according to the sports intelligence agency called Twenty First Group, the Saudi Pro League is ranked fifty eighth, highest quality yeah. in the world, and that's I think this the Scottish Premier League is like forty um, ninth. I think it's around the same level as like Serie C in Italy. Like that's kind of where it's ranked wow. now in terms of quality. Wow. But I do think the top teams are probably, I think it's, I think the average team in those leagues is probably pretty low. Yeah. Because one of those leagues where the top teams are so much better than the rest. Yep. You know, a bit like Gibraltar, like we've talked about. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, kind yeah. of one of those leagues and they probably look in the average league, the average team. But I do think the top teams are probably pretty decent. As we saw with, you know, Saudi Arabia, the World Cup. Yeah, yeah exactly. I think eight of those players play in the same team. Yeah. I think it's Al-Ali or something. 
Yeah, so I think that exactly. If it feels like a league where the the bottom teams are quite poor, yeah, and the top teams are quite alright. Mm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, okay, but still interesting to be top ten in the world. I think that's a good vision yeah, because it's so. not impossible. You know, the Netherlands and Belgium and Turkey; those leagues are not fantastic. No, they're not. So they can progress yeah. that for sure. I do think it's a realistic aim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially so, with the funds that they're getting and so on. Yeah. So as we said, I think they, they, they have a pretty like clear and good vision here. Mm. What you want to achieve. For sure. Yeah. And one thing we're and, seeing is also like well, global interest is it, it is increasing in the league. Um, yeah. Alali, which is like the the least followed or the smallest of the kind of big four. Um, yeah. They have two point four million Twitter followers and that would actually rank them if they were a Premier League club, that would rank them 10th highest. Yeah, damn. So, so it's quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, that's so many followers, yeah, actually. Yeah, Crazy. Is. And Al Nasser, Ronaldo's team. Yeah. They have um, yeah, they have more followers than every Premier League team combined outside the top six. Yeah. And or it's, not combined, but every Premier League team. Yeah, and it's, and it's also like, it's not only people live, living there, for sure, right? Yeah, it's yeah. also like Europeans, you know, want to follow what's going on with the club. We touched upon it a little bit with Gab Marcotti. Um, yeah. But... When you get these massive stars, they have people who support them and yep. not their team, right? Yep. So how many people want to see oh, how's, how's Ronaldo doing? You know, they follow, they follow all his clubs. They follow wherever he goes on social media. We even saw with like Messi and um, Inter Miami. I think their yep. followers went from like less than a million to like I think now it's probably at seven or eight million. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And it's also like you know, for me, I, I did that with Slatan basically. Yeah. You know, every, every club he went to, uh, and I think all Swedes did. Uh, every, every club he went to and also like every league he went to because no one was watching the French league the and then all of a sudden Slaton came there and everyone was like you know knowing every player in like Strasbourg and shit mm-hmm. you know so 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 that is something that like the mo- in modern football that is basically that's that's the thing for sure I think it's a really smart thing yeah, yeah. Um, yeah uh, that's I think they also they also think like they signed players that has had that like uh, star quality that people want to follow them that's the thing. Right. China didn't really do that. No. Nah. They didn't sign players who who had who are the level where like, you know, people support them more than the, their clubs, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they didn't have there's no Hulk fanboys. Nah, no Oscar, Oscar fanboys. Oscar, you know I mean? But there's, there's Jan Jan Mvila and like you uh, know none none of those they, they were good players, but none of them were like, you know, and it's also like before social media. Mm. And also like in a country like China, it's hard also with social media because they don't have that in the same way. That's the thing. Like um, a lot of the mainstream social media platforms are banned in China. Yeah. Right? So that means the clubs aren't aren't on those platforms. Yeah. So they can't really, you know, engage with the global fan base. Yeah, European to that same and, and American followers and people from South yeah, American stuff. That's the thing. Because China tried to do kind of what Saudi Arabia doing now, like ten yeah. years ago. Yeah. Um, but but they failed, I think. Yeah. Partly for those two reasons, right? They didn't. Yeah. Um, yeah the, the whole social media reason, yeah. not being on those mainstream platforms. Yeah. Not signing those stars who bring who bring more eyes, right? But then also just like the popularity of the sport. Yeah, popularity of the sport, and also like the infrastructure of the sport. The infrastructure as well. Um, because I think that like China is massive, it's super big. It's also like Saudi Arabia is also a big country, but it's not as big. Mm. So it's also like it, it is actually possible to like, and also like football is a big sport, so it feels like all these clubs they are quite like well run. And also like of course if they invest in good players, they will also invest like in good stadiums, good training facilities. For and sure. we see that around the world, like you know, players being injured or when they're off season, they go to Dubai, they go to Qatar, they go to Saudi Arabia. Mm. So it's a region also yeah. in the world where where like when it comes to like sports science and and like training facilities, they're world class. You know, 
Yeah. And from from what I've what I've heard in China, it was not that, that level. It also, doesn't, doesn't seem like it. It did, it didn't feel like the the like owners over there knew what they were doing. It felt like they were like you know they throwing were, money out there. Yeah, like, exactly. They were they were crazy and they wanted to put their money on something and felt like okay, football is a cool thing. Let's invest in that. Yeah, it felt like a bit like a, this, this feels more, way more like strategic because they have like a recruitment process. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I was reading an article in The Athletic and according to their sources in Saudi Arabia, the way the recruitment process works is that clubs are responsible for deciding where they want to strengthen, right? yeah. you know, what areas of the team they want to improve. And once they identify a player, then they seek approval from the Saudi Pro League. Mm-hmm. And then the government or the Ministry of Sport and the PIF, the Sovereign Wealth Fund, they sanction the release of the funds. If they think it's a good yeah. good thing to do. Exactly. Good investment to do. Yeah. And then for big players like, you know, Messi... <laughs> Who they didn't get before, like you know, the likes of Messi, Ronaldo, Benzema, and so on. Then negotiations are actually led by a government delegation. <laughs> <laughs> so that's like representatives from the PIF, um, the Ministry of Sport, the Ministry of, and even the Ministry of Tourism, because yeah. you know they're really trying to grow the tourism. And, yeah, yeah, and for th- sure. This is, does increase tourism. Yeah, uh, you know, Ronaldo fans they want to go to Saudi Arabia and watch Ronaldo yeah, play exactly. before he ends his yeah, career, right? Yes, exactly. So that's why they have people from the Ministry of Tourism part of negotiations. Yeah, so, you know, so it's like. Wow. a government running negotiation yeah remember like uh, or imagine like Ulf Kristersson uh, sit down and talk with Victor Fischer before he signs to <laughs> okay you know this will be good for you you can come to Sweden it will be more tourists coming here and you will bring blah 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 uh, uh, like yeah, yeah. it's like uh, it's, yeah, it's yeah. hard to like take in but it's also like I understand why they do it because they, they want to um, invest their money well. Yeah. I can imagine, like in China, they gave all these like crazy club owners, um, as like okay, um, you you can or they didn't do it in the same way, but like the owners basically did um, discuss this with the stars, and then it didn't become that good as it w- will be with this recruitment process. Yeah, I agree. I like it seems like this is more like a well organized project, you know? Yeah, like a big picture. I feel like. My impression of the whole China thing was that it's just like, okay, a ton of money, just try to sign, sign some players. Here's yeah. clearly part of a bigger vision. You know? yeah, yeah. The vision 2030, changing the perception of, you know, of the nation um, globally and internally. You know, it's like diversifying the economy from fossil fuels to sports, amongst other things. Right? Yeah. It's like a kind of bigger picture yeah. increase, to increase the tourism and all of that. Right. Yeah, and also that they like um, involve people from ministry and ministry of tourism. Mm. I think you also said something that they use like uh, they work with De- Deloitte. Yeah, those consultants. consultants as well. Yeah, which also like they're top class in the world, right? Yeah, to like team up with them to make this work out in a good way. That's also like something that like in with modern football, mm. it's really um, important also to not only be good with the football people. It's also uh, Im- important to be good with the business people in order to be successful. For sure. Because football is business today, yeah. And uh, I think I think that after what you told me here and what you told the listeners, I think um, we will understand that like Saudi Arabia, they they know what they're doing and they understand the modern football. That that is the way I see it. Yeah. Like with this whole like project and the strategy that they try to use here yeah, in order to be successful. Like, uh, it feels like they're they're on the right track, honestly, to to reach their goals. And I think it'll be interesting to see how they kind of pursue the distribution of the product, you know, when it comes to global broadcasting rights, you yeah. know, are we going to be able to watch, you know, um, Saudi League in, uh, on Swedish television or I think or I think I think that can be a thing, actually. You know I mean? Like, do you think they're going to, I wonder, like, what their plan is with that? Are they going to get top pundits? Are they going to try to get, like, the best pundits from the UK and that type of thing? So that's probably something they haven't really done so far yet, you know, the... 
the distribution of the product. Yeah. Now I'm guessing if we want to watch, we just have to go on some random stream. And so yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because also it felt the same thing. If if you wanted to go and watch a game in China or the Indian League did something, you know, I remember Brian Jordish told told. Um, told some Swedish media that you know he was playing you know Freddie Youngberg in the same team Marco Materazzi mm. and all that but you know the league was like super poor and also like if you wanted to watch it on TV it would be like super low quality yeah. you know poor stadium I think in, in, in the way I hear about Saudi Arabia and how they do it they will definitely like try to get into like via play and stuff like that so you can see yeah, the, game, the games sure. there I think that more people will watch like um, Ronaldo play for yeah. Al Nasser rather than like Groningen, AZ, Alkmaar. You want to see these big stars and also to see them in like a pub league, you know what I mean? Mm. To, you know, to see them dominate and you can see like how good they are compared to the players they play with. I think that's also like quite fascinating. Yeah, agreed. I definitely think that could be a good like TV product yeah. and a bro- broadcasting and benefit. And something they have to focus on. Like Matt Slater said, you know, like something the Premier League did early on was just focus so much on the quality of the product. Yeah. Make sure the, the lights are perfect in the stadium. Yeah. You know, top quality cameras, great broadcasters, um, good pundits and commentators. Like, you know, everything is top notch. And yeah. I don't know if Saudi Arabia have started focusing on that. I haven't watched the Saudi game, but um, it feels like that's probably the natural next step. I think they will next season. And they also, if like they get a big pundit or something like that, mm. and that can also like be be the difference. You yeah. know, if you know that there's someone you like or someone that is like really famous who who's like commentating or in yeah, studio, like Gary that, Neville. Yeah, that, then you'll be like more keen to to watch watch the game yeah, because sure. because it's cool with the pundits that you like. Yeah, right. It's an interesting project. And Thanks for sharing, man. Yeah. <laughs> really, really interesting. Learned learned a lot. Uh, yeah, like was reading about it earlier and uh, find it really interesting and fascinating and of course it is like we've talked about before sports washing you know changing the reputation of the country via via sports um, yeah but uh, let's see how successful um, the league is going to be and the goal is naturally like the 2030 or 2034 world cup so, and i think they'll get it but let's see yeah i think it will, it will be hard for them to fail because yeah. they seem to be really smart and understand like how the business side of football works yeah. today and if you do that you, you can see that you can you can pursue crazy things you know you just watch qatar you know the small that's small country uh with quite a small population that actually hosted a world cup that was successful mm. from the people that went there said that it was like super well organized and yeah. i thought there were going to be some chaos around around like the whole um games and mm. everything around it infrastructure but apparently not yeah, because they were smart with like how to how to build up uh, the country during the the, the World Cup. Mm. Yeah. So sure. yeah. Uh, let's see, man. Yeah, fascinating project. It will be fascinating to follow over the next couple of years. Yeah, yeah. It's gonna be both like dark and interesting to see like how much impact or like influence uh, they will have in in world football yeah, in a few sure. years. And you, I mean, you can't blame the players. Like if you if you're getting offered a hundred million a year, yeah, tax free. Tough to say no to that. Yeah, Especially exactly. if you're the twilight of your career anyway. You've won all there is to win. Benzema, Kante, Ronaldo, they've all won Champions League, international tournaments. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So You know, yeah. pe- people do all around the world. They yeah. go they go to places where they get well paid. Yeah, if another like, PR firm offers you double your salary, you probably take it. I would think about it. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Love, love my where I work, but yeah, yeah, nah, yeah. I'm joking. Yeah. Of course, it, it would be like a game changer. Yeah, exactly. And of then course. imagine like 10 times, which is the type of thing yeah. these guys are getting offered. Do you yeah, mean? but it's also like they earn so much. So do they need no, they don't. even more? They don't. But, 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 but money is always kind of 
relative almost it feels like yeah and it's also like, like it's, it's also earning like, more than your lifestyles more expensive and then you can yeah. help your families yeah. and also like your generations after you yeah. and stuff like that like, so yeah. so you know generational wealth you know three four generations after you will be fine just from benzema like, taking this contract i would say like 10 uh, generations uh, after <laughs> would be fine yeah. if they invested well um, yeah it'll be fine but like at least four or five just to live lavishly you know luxury yeah, lifestyles yeah, yeah. and so on yeah yeah for sure mean? for sure but i think it's time to like round round up the episode we just wanted to finish up with some some transfer updates mm. um we mentioned earlier uh, Lionel messi who who actually didn't go back to barca it would be a uh, quite a cool fairy tale if mm. he came back to Barca. Let's see if maybe he does before he before he ends his career. But he actually decided to go to uh, David Beckham's um, club, Inter Miami. Yeah, got a great deal. I think yeah, he got some revenue share both from Apple and Adidas. Yes, and probably an amazing salary as well. Yeah, and also the uh, opportunity uh, as Beckham Beckham could that he could buy a club for a really like low price mm. and establish it in in the U.S. So I think that will maybe be something that Messi will do when he's done with his career. So I think it was also like an interesting interesting way of like a smart way also to not like take it all out of like money from the club. Mm. It was like take revenues and and cuts. For sure, uh, from the from the for the league, yeah, exactly. And Adidas and and apparently all MLS clubs were like they were trying, they were involved in trying to get Messi to come. Yeah, know? because because these like ben- revenue shares, yeah, these yeah. revenue shares about like Ad- from Adidas and Apple. I mean, those are MLS revenues, not Inter Miami's revenues, right? So exactly, like, they're all kind of sacrificing money, but ultimately because it's going to generate more, right? Yeah, for, for the whole league. Um, but yeah, yeah no, they are going out of their pocket and to increase. Um, yeah. Yeah, even though even though they're bringing a top player to one of their competitors. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So super interesting to see. Yeah. It's like it's like my team. I would say it's my fourth team. Mm. Yeah. It's AIK, Sweden, Milan, Inter Miami. Yeah, those, those are my ones. Those are my yeah. four, the four ones. Yeah, United, Manchester, Manchester United. Yeah, but yeah. actually before Inter Miami. Yeah, yeah, you definitely follow them more. Yeah, yeah, for watch sure. Watch more games. For sure. Now I can't watch MLS since it's on Apple. Yeah. Um, but I, I I used to watch it like some you know when I came home from nightclubs or something. Yeah. <laughs> I t- turned on Inter Miami. Yeah, sure. Um, late night activity. Exactly, exactly. And also Jude Bellingham is now done deal to Real Madrid, mm. and we were discussing that maybe he didn't want to go because of the whole thing with Vinicius. But mm. I think um, the fans there got punished. Yeah. Um, the Valencia fans and after that it felt like Bellingham did what's, what was right for him right Yeah, I, I do think it's the right move yeah like, I think it's the right move and it is cool to see like more British players going to uh, you know different Roman countries Red. yeah uh, different countries they go yeah. to you know with Tomori in, in um, uh, Milan yeah. and you know to see these British players experience something else than uh, than the British Islands yeah. like now Bellingham he's already experienced you know, Bundesliga and then yeah. La Liga. He yeah. hasn't even played in the Premier League. Yeah, right? exactly. And he's a starter for the national team, which yeah. is yeah, which is quite cool. Yeah, that's quite cool. And it's crazy. Uh, he's well, he's born in two thousand three. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's insane. But and, what a player. Yeah, for sure. And uh, one of the teams that actually chased Bellingham quite quite intensively was um, Liverpool, and they insti- instead signed um, Brighton star uh, and also Argentinian World Cup winner McAllister. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think good signing for them. Good signing you know, for I them. I think instead of spending the full budget on Bellingham, they decided yep. to you know split it between three players properly. Yep. Um, and McAllister, of course, top player. So I think yeah, I, think he's, I think it's gonna be his top signing. Yeah, and, he, the, and that midfield was so slow and old and so on. So yeah. they they probably need another, at least another midfielder, probably two. Yeah, 
Right. Yeah. So so that that will definitely. I think they 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 have to be satisfied with getting McAllister and. Uh, uh, Pretty good price as well. I mean, yeah, thirty-five million. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent worth the price. Yeah, I think so. Because the rumors now was sixty million, but yeah. then it was like thirty, thirty-five. Yeah. Now we don't know if it's gonna be successful or not, but um, before on beforehand, it feels like it will be. Yeah, no question. Yeah, and also we we mentioned Benzema and Kante to Saudi Arabia, so I don't think we have to talk that much about it. Mm. Um, but talking about the team that I have on my shirt today, <laughs> um, PSG, um, Mbappe <laughs> actually said today that he will not extend his contract for another year, yeah. which he had an option to do this summer, uh, which means that um, if um, PSG wants to get money out of him... Which they do. Which apparently, they basically uh, do. Apparently yeah. the stance is that you either extend or you leave the summer. Yeah, yeah exactly. They, they don't want to sell him. They don't let him go for free next year. Nah, exactly. Which makes sense. I mean, they'll get 200 million from him this summer, at least. Yeah. So Mbappe will leave Paris Saint-Germain, it looks like, at least now. Uh, most likely. It yeah. feels like it. And uh, both him um, and Kane has been linked with um, Real Madrid. Mm. And Kane also been quite heavily linked with um, uh, Manchester United. Yeah. yeah, both those two are actually quite heavily linked with both United and Real. Yeah, I read today that also like um, PC would rather sell Mbappe to Manchester United since... Um, um, the guy I don't know, remember his name. It was. Is uh, 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 Sheikh Sheikh Yassim. Sheikh Yassim. Uh, yeah. The guy was going to buy. Oh, one of the top contenders for yeah. United. And yesterday there was actually big rumors that that he it was a done deal. Yeah, it was almost a done deal. Yeah. Some of those rumors seem to have been denied a little bit today, but yep. it does seem like it feels like it's finally going to happen soon. At least that United will be sold within like the next two weeks. Yeah. But yeah, like like you were saying, PSG owned by Qatar. United potentially owned by Qatar, even though it's not the, legally the same owners on paper, it is more or less, it, it is still the Qatari state. Yeah. It makes more sense that they would rather sell um, Mbappe to another Qatari owned club, United, yeah, for sure. than Real Madrid, who are probably also a bigger rival. So rather sell to another Qatari owned club, potentially, than to uh, you know Real Madrid, who've Which been, makes who, sense. who've been trying to get him the last like three years. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So they're probably a bit tired of that too. Yeah. Like, yeah. Madrid, you guys aren't getting him, even, nah. even if he leaves. Yeah, exactly. Mm. And uh, talking about Manchester United, there's been quite quite many rumors that Mason Mount will come mm. uh, from Chelsea. I think will be a good signing. Yeah, I'll take him. Midfielders. So seems pretty be, close. Yeah, personal terms agreed. Yeah. The only thing is like the valuations from the clubs. Apparently, yeah. United want to pay like fifty million. Yeah. But Chelsea value him at eighty, which I think is an overvaluation, especially if they didn't even play him this season. No, nah, exactly. So, I mean, you can't you can't be asking for eighty for a guy you barely <laughs> played. But Todd Bowley don't doesn't understand that, so uh, <laughs> we'll see what will happen with that. And yeah, uh, it's probably going to be like something like my guess would be fifty five or sixty. Yeah. yeah, yeah, something around that. And uh, uh, I think he'll be a good addition. You know? Yeah, yeah. And I didn't sure. need like a more versatile eight. Sure. He'll take Ericsson's position most likely. Yeah, you know, but he works harder defensively and younger as well. And it's a really good player. Yeah, so I think yeah, a cracking been, player. Yeah, uh, and uh, the story with goal Osman, threat. Yeah, for sure. The story with Osman would continue. It's quite unsure if he will go to either Bayern Munich or PSG. Hmm. Let's see. We'll follow the transfer saga in uh, in this podcast uh, going forward. But you think he'll leave? Yes, I think he'll leave. I think he, he wanted to win the league title with Napoli, but then he wanted to, to challenge himself even more. Hmm. Um, it definitely feels like whatever happens at PSG, there's going to be a big overhaul this summer. Messi's already left. Yep. Neymar and Mbappe could also leave. So imagine they might have a totally new front three. Exactly. Bernardo is heavily linked. Yeah, Bernardo is heavily linked to both um, 
PSG and Barca. Mm. And it's also like, you know, um, Neymar, as you mentioned, is linked with leaving uh, PSG. Mm. Um, also, read rumors that Ali Hilal was interested to sign him. Yeah. Um, it's interesting to see w- where he lands. And um, Akim Inier, talking about Manchester United, is has um, been like so many rumors that he will actually sign for Manchester United as like their their third defender that way they will use they will use uh, Varane Martinez and Kimine and like roll roll around on those three yeah, makes sense honestly. yeah like because we're, we're gonna have so many games next season yeah of course there's always gonna be a top two like a first choice I feel yeah yeah, yeah. You, you want to have that but yeah. you know Varane is injured so much that's the thing I think that, that Victor Lindelof showed that he's good enough to be fourth choice. Yeah, for sure. So as long um, as he's fine with that, which yeah. it does seem like he loves life at United. Yeah, I think he loves to you know to live in Manchester and stuff like that. And also yeah. like when he's given the chance, I think he's like so hyped to show to show the world that he's a good defender. Mm. So I think it's a good good role for him um, to be a rotation player. Yeah, I think so. Um, exactly. And also um, one last transfer that has been like quite heavily linked is. Uh, uh, interest goalkeeper Andre Onana mm. um, going to Chelsea. Actually, yeah, it's been like quite quite uh, many rumors there. He's been linked with yeah, quite a few clubs, United as well. Because we yeah, uh, exactly. we need a keeper. Yeah, Diogo Costa also linked with Man United. Yeah, so that's another one to keep an eye out on. Yeah, so a lot of I feel like every time I check Twitter now, there's like some massive you know new breaking rumor. yeah either new rumor or like some tr- Saudi transfer you know like there's always like something happening. Yeah, which is also like fascinating because we we talked about it uh, a few days ago that also these all of these transfers uh, they are happening um, so early in the summer, which is also like interesting to see. Um, Yeah, because normally it feels like these big ones often happen kind of at the end almost. You you hear about July. mid early August right before the season starts so even on deadline day yeah you hear about it like for so many months you hear for like two or three months before it actually happens Mm. and um, now it feels like all these clubs they want to do business quite early which is smart yeah super smart so yeah it'll be super interesting to follow that and also follow world world football in general Mm. what is happening on both uh, the macro perspective which, which we cover but we also as you guys know Love to watch also at the micro perspective of, of the football world. For sure. So uh, make sure to, to follow us um, on Do Twitter, so. Instagram, but also give us a follow on Spotify, YouTube, um, Apple Podcasts, what, whatever you prefer to listen to us, um, exactly. to see us or listen to us. Um, it would mean it means the world for us to, to get more followers. And also, if you think we're doing a great job, give us five stars. Um, tell that, your friends. Yeah, tell family. your friends to listen. Um, we love you guys. Um, we, yeah. we we have so many interesting episodes coming up here in the summer. Uh, we want to give you uh, premium content and also like fun content, which we we don't think that you can find at all these other podcasts. So so we have quite quite a few ideas that we um, that we want to share with you and um, give out to you. Yeah. So um, um, take care until next time, guys, and uh, be safe out there. Right. Sure. All right, guys. Love you. Love you. Bye.